T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. What can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to another episode of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, of course, available throughout the Odyssey family of stations and networks and wherever you can enjoy a podcast. We hope you enjoy it, like it, and share it. I'm Brian Shack, along with co-host John Senecal. Uh We are talk, coming off a series, a Yankees-Red Sox series, and that's what this podcast is about. So what we're going to do today, we're going to recap a little bit of the series and what it means for both teams because they're going to be playing again very soon sort of update their chances long term and then I think we want to talk about a little bit of the fan interference from the weekend too and then whatever seems to come up John how you doing good 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 Brian um you, yeah it, it for the for the uh three games they did get to play it was definitely full of all sorts of interesting stuff I was you know I'm not a huge Yankee hater per se but that but the second game of the series on Saturday night I thought was awful and I know you sort of, I, when we were communicating off mic, you know, you think the complaints of the Red Sox on the check swing and the umpires were garbage, correct? Is yeah, absolutely. Your- I mean, when you go back and look at them, even my, even my 11-year-old son, I mean, just, actually just turned 12, could say, you know, it's, it, he went, you know what I mean? And it, it, you can definitely see it on the replay. But, you know, in the heat of the moment, it's hard, you know? It, it's very hard to call. And I've always said to myself, you know, why are they calling down and looking um, down to the, uh, the umpires at first or third? You know, usually... I feel like that could be something that you could uh, go to replay on real quick and find yeah. it out fast, like instantly. And all you got to do is go to that upper replay or the side camera, and you could have fixed cameras on that and just like be you like, "You could make the decision in a half a second." A, a light could come on or something, and it could just be a, a red or yeah. a green light. You know, he went red light next, next done, done. Yeah, the, the, it didn't bother me so much either because it looked so close. It, and to me, like I'm anti replay, but I was fine with the call. I didn't really have a huge problem. My my big problem was the weather. Oh, it was awful. It, but the thing is, is that it was a classic home, like, they get the lead and they call the game. Right. Really? But the one thing I was impressed with, like, we'll get up to that point, but the, the weather, the pitchers actually pitched very well. Evaldi and Cole pitched great, yeah. given so the circumstances. in the wet weather, w- without the spider tack. Without the spider tack, too. I was going to say the same thing. He's kind of starting to prove himself that maybe he didn't need the spider tack to be that good. Well, again, I don't, you know, I'm not a huge fan uh, of him, but I will tell you that Garrett Cole got himself into trouble early. And got himself out of trouble. Yeah, and I think that to me that's the sim- sign of a pitcher 
who who's kind of has something going because he did. He got he he could have let up a couple runs early, and he didn't. And I, I think that that was the most impressive thing from his start. And when you know it used to happen with Messina too. I, I'm interested in your take. Like with Messina, if like if you wanted to get to him, you better get to him early, right? Because he's only going to get better. And even with the technology about how hitters do better the second and third time through, they're really good pitchers. That doesn't make a damn bit of difference. No, because and, they get better second and third time. Yeah. Through. And I, that was what I was always impressed about with guys like Mussina, and I think Garrett Cole's got a little bit of that too. Yeah, and it's only really, it's really is the good pitchers that that can do that. You know, the Maddox, the Glavins, you know, in our generation, these guys. You know, even like I'll, I'll even say Verlander. You know, regardless of. Uh, you know, what he might have been tacking on his fingers, you know. Right. Well, I mean, listen, you come out of the series, the Yankees went two or three, and and, and I want to talk about the Red Sox and, and what, what I think it shows about them, but I, I have a definite opinion on what it shows about the Yankees, but I want to know your take. If they went two or three, you know, they're still well behind. I mean, and they did it with a minor league outfield and no Aaron Judge. What do you think? You know, I mean, everyone everyone will say, most Yankee fans will say, oh, well, this is the spark they need. Bring some new flavor in, you know, like they did with the Bernie Williams and the Kevin Mosses and the mm-hmm. Oscar Azokars and uh, the ni- early 90s. Um, but, you know, TBD, that's my that's my take on it. Um, you know, still seven games back. Um, I would have liked to seen them play the four games, to be honest with you. Okay. I really think that the Yankees, you know, could have gained more. And when it comes down to it, you know, that being six games back, you know, or whatever, we all know baseball can come down to one game. You know, um, so it would have been nice to have that game back. Granted, we might not have won it. Who knows? But it'd been nice to see a full series. But they do play ten more times. So, yeah. getting back to your question, um, I'm I'm not sold yet. You know, like you said, you got to get Judge back, and I'm worried that this time off for Judge is not going to be helpful for him. He's been the most consistent player the Yankees have had this season, and he's now sitting around doing nothing, all because of you know right. COVID. Um, so I I would say. I think it exposes real issues with the Red Sox as a first place team, but I, I don't think this is a sign of a takeoff for the Yankees at all. No, and I, they and do have ten games left. You know, four more, four more coming up next week. Right. I mean, but if they say they sweep all ten, that doesn't mean they're going to go into first place because you know that Tor- Toronto and Tampa are going to win some games in the interim. Exactly. So I don't think you can t- look at it that way. My point is that I, I still don't think the culture of the Yankees has changed. I still think the team is too flawed, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But that's my opinion, and, and I think if they trade Aaron Judge, they're crazy. And I, I, I mean, you you pointed out to me la- last week that he actually hadn't missed that much time, you know, obviously before this COVID situation, and I, that was eye opening for me. But I still think you don't, I mean, like the Mookie Betts thing. No, no matter what you do, you got to hold on, Aaron Judge. No, you're and, not trading Aaron Judge. No. I don't, I don't think I mean, he is your most marketable player. He is the face of your team, and it's he's just, a, and he is a great person to have as the face of your team. There's, I, 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 I don't see anything happening wrong with him you know what I mean so it's like he, he reminds me of a big Derek Jeter in a way you know he's yeah. just that he's that kind of guy and no you don't trade him so but I don't think it's a sign of some big turnaround but I will say about the Red Sox who now you know coming out of the weekend and lost four of seven for the last seven they're four and seven in the last 11 games excuse me and what I've really realized is that you can't win a championship when you get no production out of first base no, and you and talked the, about that last one. Yeah, and but it was even more so when they, they put Arroyo, and I love Arroyo. He's had some of the clutchest hits of anyone on that team. Of course, he tweaks himself just trying to stretch for a ball. And Bobby Dahlbeck, he hasn't proven yet he can carry it. Maybe it's something they do with the trade deadline. But to me, that is like, I'm just like, holy crap. When J.D. and Bogart's endeavors don't hit, they got nothing. And if they they got to find a way to, to make sure that, you know, whether it's Vasquez or Dahlbeck or whomever, they need to get – they need offense out of that first base spot, or they won't go anywhere. Well, and hey, Anthony Rizzo might be up for grabs. 
I think he'd be great in a Boston uniform. By the way, the question is, what do you give up? I mean, I'm sure the I'm sure the Red Sox can give up somebody for him. I mean, come on, well, it's Chaim, Anthony Rizzo. Chaim Bloom doesn't like to give up talent, and the funny thing is, and if you haven't followed it, and I know Red Sox fans do. Their 25-man roster, and especially we're talking the 12th man through the 25th man, is way better than it than it was just two years ago. And he doesn't like to give up depth, you know, and he, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, I would make the deal. I mean, it depends. I don't know what they're going to ask for, but I mean... I, I, you don't. Your point is you don't think the price would be steep. Well, I mean, he. he here's the deal. He's a rental, total rental, because he's a free agent after right. this season. So, right. I mean, you're right. The Red Sox shouldn't give up a lot, but hey, the Cubs are tanking right now, and he's a big, valuable piece. As is Chris Bryant. Right. I like Chris Bryant's got. Hey, you could trade him Blaze Jordan and, and uh, Jeter Downs, and totally fleece your uh, prospect system. <laughs> I. I just I would like to see. I mean, I like those two guys you mentioned, and I think they they could help create a championship team. Because I don't think my point is is that coming out of this weekend, I still think they can put, make the playoffs, but I, I don't think they win a title with well, the roster assets. Well, listen, if they can get Anthony Rizzo, I think they can put together a package regardless of, and not have those guys or some real. I think the Red Sox can make that happen. They'll figure something out. Hmm. And what do you think, like, to me, like, so if you look at what the Yankees need, the Yankees need to, and I said this to, you know, um, a producer of this, this podcast, Matt Soroyes, who's a big Yankee fan, we'll have on the show at some point, that uh, the Yankees still need to win, like, 10 in a row. I don't care what they do against the Red Sox. They still got to go right. on a they, huge they run. Can't, they can't string together anything. I mean, they're 7-3 and three over their last 10, but what happens is usually, next thing you know, they lose four games in a row or four out of their next five, you know, or something like that. It's just they never string it together. Right, but they're winning series. And they always say if you win, a, if you win series, you, you make the playoffs, right? The Red Sox have lost their last three mm-hmm. series. And the Yankees, I don't know how many in a row they've won, but to me that that's basically finishing one or two games above 500 every week, right? And so, uh, is there enough time in the season going into to late July to, to to make a run that way? And I would argue that they can't just, you know, in a four game set, you know, in a three game set win two, in a four game set no. they got to win three, and and they got to get some sweeps. I mean, especially you know. against the guys ahead of them. I mean, they have to they they have to sweep the Red Sox. They have to. You yeah. have to sweep them. And you have to go through Tampa. You have to take those games from Tampa coming up. You the have other, to. The and if qu- you get those seven games right there, you're you're sitting pretty good. And you hopefully, by the, the trading deadline, can figure it out and maybe you make a move. But like we said before, their next 10 games are huge. We yeah. talked about coming out of the break. Their season could be over October, August 1st. So my question to you, the last thing is, I mean, people made a big deal of Gleyber Torres hitting over the weekend. I just didn't know if you had a well. I mean, no. I mean, he has he has back to back games with home runs. Um, he matched his matched his total out of the break for the season. Um, so, but still, I mean, you got again consistency. You got to do that over the next couple weeks and keep producing to be. You know, to, to to impress me and Yankee fans and baseball fans in general, two home runs and back-to-back games is nothing. Look around right. the league; guys are doing that in their sleep. Right, <laughs> right, all right. So we know the series resumes on a Thursday, the twenty-second, and we have pitching matchups for the first three, I believe. And I'm going to give them to you, and you give me your hot take. You have uh, J Mo, Jordan Montgomery against Eduardo Rodriguez. In game wait a minute, one. wait, hold on a second. So you're going to tell me that the Yankees already know their three pitchers for that series? I'm just saying it's officially listed. All right, I know that the Red Sox have been consistent with pitching. You and I have talked about that. <laughs> yeah, you which said is, me, which is before, amazing. Yeah, before we go to the, I'll break down quickly the the three games we know the starters. Give people that factoid. All right, so the Red Sox leading up to the break, right? All their starters, the five main starters, had 18 
starts. It's incredible. 18 games started, every single one of them. They went on a five-person rotation uninterrupted for the entire first half of the season. Unbelievable. It's crazy. And, 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 and the highest ERA was uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Who's your number one? <laughs> Who supposedly was your number one? And the Yankees, what, had two, two, two starters with 18? They had two starters. Yes, they had Cole and Montgomery, and then they had Tyon Ty seventeen and Dominguez uh, fifteen starts. Herman fifteen. I mean Dominguez Herman. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I want the Martian up. <laughs> hey, you know I'm going to see the Martian tomorrow night. I'm going to be in Tampa, Florida tomorrow night, and I'm going to see the Martian play. Really? Yeah, he's been promoted to the Tampa Tarpons, and uh, and I'm going to good old George M. Steinbrenner Field with the family, and I will see him play. Hopefully, he's playing. Um, he had a day off the other day, but this is their first game coming out of the weekend. So, so. we'll get a scouting report on our next episode. Scouting report on the great. Martian. So let's get a quick um, thought on the starters uh, before we, okay, yeah, let's before get we starters. go. You got J-Mo against Eduardo. Um, well, coming off his last start against the Yankees, Eduardo Rodriguez, I'm going to take. J-Mo does not, get the, um, does not get the support. He just well, doesn't. Also, I feel like he's like a guy who will always give you five to six, and he'll let up a couple runs, and you need to score six to win. He's like the bad Andy Pettit. No, I, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, he's a he's a good major league pitcher who probably needs some offense, and his ERA will always be like, you know, four. Right, and he's a lefty. As long as he's healthy, he's going to stay in the he's major league. He's going to have a job. Yep, okay, so you give edge to, to, to Erod on that one. Then Garrett Cole, I mean, again, a great matchup, Garrett Cole against Nathan Avaldi. You know what? Hopefully it's not raining, and hopefully those two battle it out. I mean, I love to see runs, but, man, they I was impressed with how well they did. I'm going to go with Cole, though, and keep yeah. his streak going. I was impressed. I, again, I'm not a fan. Um, but I think that uh, I was impressed with what he did. And then you have Tayon or Talon or whatever you say his name is against Mar- Martin Perez. You know, I guess keep riding the streak. He's been pitching great. Yeah. I mean, Tayon is 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 lights out lately. He's right, been so very you good. Two, you got two or three uh, in Boston uh, o- over Boston in uh, the fourth game. There's no listing for the Yanks, but they have Nick Pavetta, of course, uh, uh, on Sunday, July 25th for the Sox, and uh, and we'll see what happens. I mean, the Yankees got a couple against Philly in the interim, and the Red Sox. Have have Toronto. I think the Red Sox need to just get a win. I think they feel like they're really s- struggling. The word is scuffling. It's maybe. funny how you know all we talked about is the Red Sox and Tampa, and they have to play those couple against Philly, and no one cares about I it. I know it's funny. It is true. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. The other thing I want to bring up, and you might have something else you want to talk about, but you know, I I have very strong feelings about what happened, and it's not New York. Like it's not an anti-New York thing because it happens in a lot of places. But the fan throwing the ball back at Alex Verdugo bothers me for a lot of reasons. How did he hit him with that ball? Did you see that guy who threw the ball and how far away he was? I want to know how possibly he could have hit him. I don't know. There are witnesses that said he did Oh, I'm sure. I'm not doubting it for a minute. I'm not doubting it at all. But like, he didn't seem like the kind of guy with that precision of accuracy. I love how he was like faking like he was sitting as like a good shaking more like did you see the video of him shaking he was shaking like a leaf well i mean he made a huge mistake and and by the way how does he keep his girlfriend there's no way she stays well apparently he's been he's been banned from all major league baseball parks for life yeah for life which is harsh but i think how does that how do you do that though like how does that how does that happen how can you keep that guy It, it must be something they have to trace his name or something how can you do that the bottom line is i don't think they can no, they can, but it's but just a pretty nice stain harsh, on your record. Right, right, and it's also a really good thing to market that says, listen, if you do this something like this, you'll be banned for life. It's a I show think. of force on the border. Sure, it's like a deterrent, right? Yep. It's a wall. Yep. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> but, what it is. But, it, you know, it, it bothered me because you have Alex Verdugo, and again, love or hate him, 
love or hate the Red Sox, if you ever watch baseball on TV, he's been the most popular guy to be mic'd up yep. maybe in baseball. He did it the next night, too. They yeah, mic'd him and, up. Which I thought was a great move by him to do, sort of sending the message that I, I was glad to see. Because here's my point, is that there's already enough separation between fan and player. Like, these guys make so much money. There's so many crazy kooks out there. And they, they, most of them are apprehensive to go near people, let alone engage with them. Right. right. I mean, you even get it. When I went to a Cape League game, even those guys are hesitant, some of them. And so, like, if you do this thing and you have one of the most engaging guys in the game, and then you piss him off where he doesn't want to talk to people, to me, like you want to find ways to bring people closer to the players. And Absolutely. To me, it just builds another barrier. So it's not like, oh, that only happens in the Bronx because I think it's garbage. I think it happens everywhere. No, it happens but, everywhere. But I think it was an awful, awful thing. So I, to put in Verdugo's perspective, so I went to a concert Friday night, Luke Bryan concert, right? So I'm sn- I'm in not on the lawn, thank God. I would never do that ever again. Any lawn, I'm too old for that. But I'm standing inside, like at my chair. And all of a sudden, late in the concert, this beer can comes flying by us, crushed up, and hits the lady in front of me. No way. So we're still probably at least a half an hour left in the concert. And it hit the girl, the lady in front of me, and I didn't even, like, notice it at first. And she turned around, and they thought, like, like we had did it or something. And then they quickly realized, like, obviously we didn't do it. But you couldn't tell who did it. But I literally spent the next half hour of that concert... Like, like not like just nervous. Like something else was going to come. Now, can you imagine like what a player feels like when a baseball is thrown at him to stand out there and actually be performing at the top of your game, not thinking that something else is going to hit you, regardless of how many cameras are on the field or in the stands. People are crazy. We know that. So I have no problem with the way he reacted. I have no problem with the way Cora reacted. And I think it's just like you said, it's stupid and it's just bad for the game. It's just bad in general, you know. Yeah, I just, you know, I even if if a stupid left fielder when I'm in my seats at Fenway waves to my wife, it's like makes her day, right? right? I mean, it literally I mean, it's crazy that it does, but it does. And 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 the opportunities for those things to happen are so few and far between. I, I just think if we want, if we, if we, you know, part of the reason we do this podcast, we love baseball and we want to grow interest in the game. And I, I, I think that's why, like, you know, even things like Barstool, which is controversial, like their baseball folks, they just love the game. And they, and they jumped they, all over that. Both yeah. sides, both sides jumped all over that. I think it's a bipartisan agreement. It, it's garbage, right? And there's way to be funny and clever and this and that. But paying for $45 tickets or $100 ticket doesn't give you the right to do that stuff. Well, and I think actually a point I hadn't thought about, like you want your athlete to be focused on the game and not worry about anything else. And right. I, I hadn't even considered that. I mean, you look at the, you look at those guys and how they have to perform. And, and, and if they're off by a fraction of an inch in that sport and the speed of that sport, it's going to affect them and it's going to, it's going to matter in the game. So yeah, it's a big deal and it, it, it shouldn't have, again, hopefully that's a lesson and I, I don't see it. I don't see it being a big deal, but there's always the bad apple here and there. He's John Seneca. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fanbase. A deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Any last thoughts on what's going on about the series to come, about your feeling on the Yanks and so on and so forth? Well, I'll tell you something. Like Going by with the weather we've had around here and my kids canceling games and stuff, I just want to see some baseball being played where it's not raining, <laughs> A, and so we can get some good matchups. But you know what? Hey, listen, I feel like over the weekend this rivalry has come back a little bit. You know, We yes. talked about the Yankees-Red Sox and the Yankees-Astros um, kind of, you know, fluctuating back and forth with rivalry here but you know it's good to see um fan fan bs aside it's good to see that these teams are kind of you know fighting each other a little bit more and i kind of think the yankees spanking it to him last night might have might have been good for the rivalry i agree and, and forty thousand 
plus in Yankee Stadium doesn't exactly. hurt e- either because that place is different. And we and talked we, about that too. Who has the advantage when it comes back, right? The crowd. Yeah, and I, I really think that, you know, in terms of being home, uh, I mean, they were drawing 25. I mean, listen, they got good fans for the Mets, but duh. But outside of the Mets, I mean, they're averaging, you know, any for, were from 20 to 35. So right. to draw, draw 40, I think Yankee Stadium becomes an advantage. I do. But I think you have to get to, like, that number, 35-plus, to do it. And, yep. and, and that's key. And I think it's been the same at Fenway. When Fenway's buzzing, uh, it makes a difference for, for the fans. And what you realize, in my final thought, it would be, it affects the players in in a way that's really good too. Like I think the Red Sox players they had forgotten so much of what it felt like to play in front of a packed Fenway Park, yep. where the guy where with no one's throwing crap at each other, but it's just a buzz. And I think they get jacked up by it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, listen. Have a great trip. I can't wait to to get the feedback on what do you what what do you call him again? The Martian. The Martian. Martian. So I'll see the Martian. Listen. So I'll see the Martian on Tuesday night, yep. and then I will be Friday night. I will see our friend Bobby Dickerson nice. in Miami against the Marlins. So did he get you some sweet seats? Uh, well, well no. I guess you can get them anyway. Cause... Yeah. No, I bought the seats because I don't listen. I've been to enough player and coach seat given to me games where you don't know what you're gonna get, man. You could right. get you could get anything from sitting next to, you know, whoever famous person to sitting up next to some dude who's been drinking his face off all day. Right. So, you you want to control your destiny. I, I, I've learned enough that you control your destination. If they offer them up the tickets, you take them too, and you you, you, yeah. you flip flop and you decide what's best. But we do have great seats for that, and hopefully. It looks like there's there's people on the field still, but hopefully this COVID stays away and we can get the field passes and uh, get down on the field and talk yeah. to some of the players. That oh. The boys keep clamoring for me to try to get them to meet Tatis. Well, either way, if they could see him in BP or something, yeah. He, yeah, I mean, how great would that Absolutely. be? Absolutely. I'm telling you, man, you've been on the field before. There's nothing like sitting down on the field next to those guys watching them take BP yeah, and hearing yeah. the crack of the bat and how they talk and, you know, how they go about their business, Brian. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I've been at Fenway opening day, you know, ha- half dozen plus on the field and it is just it's it's uh it's a privilege and i love it and listen i love uh, doing this with you john have a great trip it's yep. john senecal i'm brian shackman this is another episode of fan base a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports uh listen to us on the odyssey family of networks but also wherever you enjoy your podcast and we will see you next time Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.